The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living. You know, we spend a lot of our time in this life on this planet trying to adjust to certain realities that we have to deal with. Some of those are pleasant realities and some of those are not so pleasant realities. But our adjustment is everything. And so today we're going to be talking about acceptance. Um, We tend to think of acceptance as a white flag, as a sort of surrender, as this boring thing we do when we settle for a reality we really don't want. And here in our day of New Age, New Thought, uh, where the law of attraction is so very important, to how we perceive our reality and how we see ourselves, we tend to think that the, the external world is an illusion that we made up because we are, uh, are coming from our own uh, place of identity in which we see ourselves as less than, and so we make up a world that's less than and create our lives around that. And while I don't disagree with that theory at all, um, I do think that uh, a big part of our recognition about what is and isn't true about life is about acceptance. So we're going to be talking about acceptance today as a, a part of the law of attraction. Because, you see, the law of attraction invites us to both go into our future and stay in our present simultaneously. It asks us to visualize a future that we want and stay in our present simultaneously. Well, how do we do those two at the same time? First, our, our mind in the Western culture doesn't tend to think in terms of both and. We think in terms of either or. So when we launch into futuristic thinking, we tend to want to stay there. And when we launch into the present, we tend to want to stay there. So it's hard for us to imagine being able to do both. But, of course, we can do both from that other level of existence where we're not caught up in the, the, the little square box we've made for our minds, but inviting ourselves into the, uh, the sort of explosion of mind that allows for creative creativity, a lot of creative room for uh, investing in both worlds. In that process of investing in both worlds, we have to be able to consider the possibility that our emotions matter. You know, with the law of attraction, what we say is that if we can imagine ourselves in this scenario that we would like to draw into our lives and we can feel ourselves emotionally as if we are already there, then the feeling component is much more of a magnet than if we just think it. So we have to be congruent. We have to be able to place ourselves in a feeling world as well as a a thinking world. And uh, that same thing applies to our present circumstances. 
And so being able to live in the present is going to be very, very crucial to our ability to uh, bring about the, the future we would like to have. Um, so, so let's stay in the present for just a little while and talk about that today. You see, because acceptance uh, means that we're going to eventually develop serenity. We're going to be able to, to live into the moments of today with a certain sense of serenity. This is how it is. This is the life I've created thus far, and this is my place right now, what, what I've created thus far. When we get into the future thinking, we tend to get impatient about why we don't have it already yet. And we all work in that, that level of why don't I have it yet? What's going wrong? Why can't I get it yet? Now, we did a show about a month or two ago called The Law of Attraction Revised. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about that today, but I do want to say that there's a whole lot that goes into that Law of Attraction, much, much more than we have yet come to understand about the Law of Attraction. So we have to be able to uh, recognize that we're, we don't really attract. We already have. We just haven't uh, manifested what we already have yet. And so if that's really true, then living in the present is crucial to uh, what's going to happen in the future. So acceptance is a big deal. But acceptance does not mean waving a white flag and saying, okay, I just give up. I'm just going to have this boring, empty life that I've got. I guess that's how it is. That's the way it is. No, that's not what acceptance means. Acceptance is a process. Uh, it includes the same exact stages that are included in the grief process that are uh, denial, anger, sorrow, or depression, depending on how you handle that sorrow and anger, um, uh, bargaining, and then finally acceptance. So we go through those processes, and in order for us to really get to acceptance, we have to be willing to go there. In other words, what we're really doing here is we're sort of forgiving God or the gods or however you see your higher power for not doing what we wanted them to do. <laughs> That's really what it amounts to. Really, we're forgiving ourselves. We don't think of it that way, generally speaking, because when we want to blame somebody for our lives, we tend to want to blame some external force. So, but we're forgiving ourselves. We're saying, okay, this is, how, this is where I've landed so far. This is where I landed. I'm about to take off again, but this is where I've landed, and it's okay. This is my place. In that process, we go through those stages. The first one is denial, and denial includes... Uh, rec uh, not recognizing what's really up, not recognizing our personal responsibility in having landed at the place we're at thus far, not recognizing that it is what it is, not recognizing the subtle nuances of what it is, not recognizing the gifts that what is has to give us, and that's a crucial part of, of acceptance. Um, I remember many, many years ago I worked with someone who was telling me about having spent many years of her life married to a person who was relatively just kind of dull. They just weren't really in love with that person. They didn't see much excitement in the relationship. And, you know, it was okay, but it wasn't really a good relationship. There wasn't much talking going on and much loving going on. And, and the person came to, uh, you know, to recognize that, um, that they they felt they'd wasted a good portion of their life being invested in this relationship that really they didn't really even love the person. And so for a while, she had to adjust to the idea that 
you know, this person was not really working and the relationship was not really working. And in that adjustment process, what came about was this real sorrow that she'd wasted a part of her life. Well, when when we worked on this issue, what what she came to realize was that actually those years that seemed to be wasted had actually given her some really big gifts. She'd come from a home where there was a lot of abuse, and uh, this person, though he was dull and, you know, was not very exciting, had given her a lot of safety. There was no cheating, no drinking, no drugging, no um, alcohol, no um, beating, no abuse of any form. And so in those years that she thought she'd wasted, she'd been sort of growing herself in a quiet kind of way inside the safe uh, arms of that relationship. And then she was able to thank her now ex-husband for giving her that safety and move on with her life. So you see, the realities of our lives are giving us a gift if we will look for them. And the denial phase of acceptance says there's no gift here. There is no gift here. Even if we are able to see that the life isn't what we want it to be, which is which we may not see if we're in denial, but if we are able to see that, even then sometimes we aren't willing to recognize the gifts that are present also simultaneous to the fact that we've landed in a place where we didn't necessarily want to be. So it's really important to be able to, to, to look at denial for more than just, I, I can't see what is. Denial is that, but it's also not being able to see what's a little bit more under the surface. What's really going on under the surface here is major to my being able to move out of denial. So, in, in, and I'm going to just go over these real briefly right now. We'll talk some more about them later. But um, the part of uh, the next stage of this acceptance process is going to be anger. And anger has to do with just this unsettled feeling that I don't like this and I'm mad that it is this way. So who are we mad at? Well, generally speaking, we tend to think we're mad at something. We're mad at God. We're mad at uh, uh, reality. We're mad at ourselves. We're mad at whoever we think we're the victim of. Uh, we, we are mad at something or someone. But actually... Anger is just raw emotion. It doesn't have an at. We tend to think it does because we want to put it somewhere. We want to give it to something. But actually, it just is raw emotion. And that emotion has an energy. And if we can put that emotion into gear and channel it in a direction of its energetic balancing, then it tends to be a force for our own creativity. We can use that raw energy that is anger to create our next step, whatever that is. I'm mad because I've landed in this place where I don't want to be, so let me take that mad and use that energy to get me to a place where I'd rather be. That's how anger can be very, very useful to us, and that's how it moves us to acceptance. We say stuck in anger to the degree that we're looking for that at. I'm angry at we tend to do that. You know, when I talk to people in therapy about anger, they tend to want to say, well, I'm angry at myself. Well, I guess I'm angry at myself. Well, I guess I'm angry at my mother or my father because they didn't raise me well or they abused me or whatever. I guess I'm angry at, and people say that, I guess, a lot because they figure there's got to be some at behind the angry. 
Uh, and so we're, we're, we're thinking our way into our feelings by putting an at behind anger. If instead we can just feel the raw emotion of anger, then we can utilize it. But our current day, and this is crucial, our current day thinking, new age, new thought thinking says don't feel anger. And so when we refuse to feel that angry feeling, we may be keeping ourselves from acceptance, which is keeping ourselves from manifesting our dreams. We're going to talk some more about that right after the break. Stay tuned. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It's a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Hi, we're back. Uh, before we go any further into acceptance, I want to talk to you just a minute about uh, this show and what it has meant and what it is meaning. 
to many people who are listening in. We've had lots of feedback from folks who say that this show has really helped them a great deal. And we've been able to talk to some of the most profound spiritual leaders in the world uh, about topics that help people to uh, assimilate their lives and, and grow their lives and manifest their dreams. And we've just had a great run here. Um, right now, the show is looking for sponsors. So if you happen to know of anyone out there who could sponsor the show, we would welcome hearing from you. Um, please email me at Andrea at AndreaMatthewsLPC.com or uh, telephone me at 205-328-0780 and talk with me about sponsoring the program. You can use a, we can use a quarter sponsor, a half sponsor, a full sponsor. Um, without sponsorship, the show is likely to end in the middle of May. So uh, we're really looking for sponsors right now, and uh, I need your help. And I've learned uh, through my own hard knocks of life that we ask for help when we need it. So that's part of my acceptance. Um, so if you know of anyone or any uh, uh, anyone or any program, agency, or company that might be willing to sponsor the com- the uh, program, uh, what they will get out of it is an advertisement that will reach about 170,000 people per month. And they will be able to, uh, we will be able to team up together to help their company grow and uh, also to be a team so that Authentic Living Show grows as well. So that's what we're about here. We're about that effort toward oneness. And again, so if you know of anyone or any company that might be willing to sponsor the show or donate money to, toward the sponsorship of the show, please contact me at 205 328 0780. We can get really good discounts right now. Or you can email me at Andrea at AndreaMatthewsLPC.com. So continuing on with our theme for the day, which is acceptance is not the white flag, uh, we were talking about the second stage of acceptance, which is anger. And we were saying just before the break that much of our New Age New Thought thinking today says that we should not feel anger because anger is bad. Anger is a bad emotion. It's a negative emotion. We've put a lot of energy in our New Age New Thought thinking about negative emotions, negative thoughts. But I want to tell you something. There's no such thing as a negative emotion. Sorry about that. I know that flies in the face of a lot of New Age, New Thought thinking, but there is no such thing as a negative emotion. Emotions are just neutral. They are feelings. They come up out of the uh, uh, conscious or unconscious, and they inform us about what's going on in our lives. They are meant to give us messages. When you have an emotion, if you're telling yourself, don't feel that, what you're doing is repressing it. And what's going to happen is it's going to come out later in some not-so-pretty way. It'll come out through sarcasm. It'll come out through a, an incident of rage, and you'll be like, where did that come from? I don't understand that. Um, you, you will say and do things that you don't even understand because you're letting an emotion you repress rule you, and that's what it wants to do. It will rule you until you turn around and look at it and say, what do you want? Because your emotion has come here to tell you something. And if you're not listening to it, it will find a way to grab hold of you so that you will have to listen to it. Now, if we're going to, listen, if we're going to pay attention to the law of attraction, what we have to know is if we're repressing anger, sometimes we encounter anger in the external world so that we have to face it. Then what we want to do is go, oh, well, that anger belongs to that other person. It's not my problem. But guess what? If the law of attraction is really true and we are creating the world we live in. And that means that the anger is coming from somewhere, and not, not just the external world. It's coming from the internal world as well. So it behooves us to feel our feelings. 
And and for us to say that's a negative feeling and I'm not going to feel it means that we're setting ourselves up for more of the same old, same old. And it does not get us to acceptance, which again, acceptance brings us to serenity. So, okay, so uh, the stage of anger means we have to listen to our anger and listen to what it's trying to tell us. So if it's telling me that I've landed in a place that I don't want to be in, then I can use that angry energy to help me get out of that that um, that place. Uh, depression very often is considered to be repressed anger. It's not always, but it is sometimes considered to be repressed anger. So depression is depleted energy. Anger is energy. Think about the last time you got angry. How much energy did you put into that anger? How much did you yell? How much did you feel that energy flowing through your body when you yelled? Did you hit something? Well, there's some energy there. If you can take that energy and put it into activating your life the way you want it to be, you might just get there. But if we sit on it and say we don't feel it, it'll end up either robbing us of energy or we'll take it out somewhere else. So that's anger. The next stage is sorrow, which also can turn into depression if we, if we try to repress it. Anger and sorrow are two emotions. Fear is another. It, they're all three of those, if they're repressed, and especially in a combination, they can turn into depression. And, you know, I've said this before on the show, depression is lack of expression. And once we, once we start to express, we stop depressing. And uh, so, you see, that they work together. We, we need to express uh, what we're feeling. But we don't need to express it just to dump it somewhere. That's what a lot of us think we mean when we say express. We don't just vomit it out there <laughs> so that so that we just get it off of us. That's not the point. The point is it's come to tell us something. So we need to express it so that we can find out what it's got to say to us. Uh, so very often I encourage people to write or draw or, or paint or write a poem or write a letter to themselves so that they can find out what it is that their sorrow and anger or fear is trying to tell them. And if it's telling them, uh, giving them a message about their lives, then now we know what to do. Now we've discovered our own guidance system, and our emotions are huge part of that internal guidance system that we are literally shutting off when we turn off our emotions. So it's very, very important to understand that our emotions have value. We were not given emotions so that we could send them away. I mean, think about that. If you really believe that God created you, and God created you as a human being with emotions, then why would you be given something that you're just supposed to not have? Think about it. So the point of emotions is to give us a message. Now, um, sorrow is, is a general feeling of just sadness. You're sad about something. If you're sad that you can't or haven't accomplished something, it's, it's important to look at what it is that you want to accomplish, A, why it is you want to accomplish it, that's real important. For example, if I want to be the world's greatest thinker, why do I want to be the world's greatest thinker? Well, because I've got this enormous ego, <laughs> because I had nobody paid attention to me when I was a child, and I think that if I can get everybody to pay attention to me, then maybe I will heal that. I'm deliberately exaggerating this to make my point. The point is that there's a reason why, uh, you know, we... We feel that sadness, and we need to understand what that reason is. We need to listen to it, just as we would listen to a little child talking to us. We wouldn't say to that little child, oh, shut up, I don't want to hear about it. Well, maybe some of us would. Maybe we would call that little child whiny. Maybe we would call that little child weak. But the truth is that that part of us that's vulnerable is just as important as that persona part of us 
that seems invulnerable. As a matter of fact, it's more important because within it is the structure of our internal guidance system. So paying attention to your sadness is also going to be important, but not just to feel it and fall down into depression because of it, but to ask it questions. What did you come here to tell me? Why are you here? What, what is it that you need to give me? I know there's a gift inside you. What is it? Tell me what that gift is. And then you can gain that gift, take it home with you. And then the sadness goes away because it's delivered its message. It has finished doing what it came here to do. Our, our emotions are a little bit like dreams. If you have a dream, you write it down and you begin to understand it, you don't have to have that dream again. But if you have a dream and you don't pay attention to it, it's going to come back in either another form or the same form. That's why we have repetitive dreams sometimes. It's because we're not listening. We don't, we don't understand the message that it's come to give us, and we're not going to try to understand that message. We just want it to go away, especially if it's a bad dream. So the same thing is true of our, our sorrow. It needs to be heard. It needs to give its message. And once it's given its message, then it goes away. So we don't get it to go away by, by pushing it down and, and telling ourselves, oh, that's a negative emotion. I'm not supposed to feel sad. Oh, that's a negative emotion. I'm not supposed to be afraid. Oh, that's a negative emotion. I'm not supposed to feel anger. If we do that, it just comes out in some other form because it's trying to get our attention. So I think I've said that often enough now. Uh, I've, I learned a long time ago that repetition was a, a very important part of education. So I've repeated that several times in several different ways. So I'm going to go on now. The next stage of acceptance is bargaining. And we had a whole show about bargaining because we can majorly get stuck in bargaining. Bargaining says, if I, then this. If I, then you'll. If I, then this. It's a bargain. It says, if I give you this two ninety you you're going to give me that love for bread. That's, that is a bargain. So bargaining is the stage of acceptance that says, I can change my reality by giving up a pound of flesh, by pretending things, by by making things that are okay that aren't okay, by, uh, by staying in denial, by repressing my anger and my sorrow. Bargaining is a way of saying, don't get real with life. Bargaining is a way of saying, don't talk about it, don't think about it, just play the game. Just play along, do an if, and you'll get a then. Um, so it could be, I'm married to a person who's abusive to me, so my if and then might be if I can just be nice and tippy-toe around and never ask for anything that I want, then maybe he'll be nice to me and he won't hit me again. Okay? If I can just tell myself that I need to work in this heinous job for, you know, 10 more years until I can retire, then it'll be okay. And I can just, and then I'll retire in peace. And I can't tell you how many people have had that agenda and the minute they retired, they died. <laughs> so those are the bargains that we make, and those are just two small examples. There are many, many more. Uh, and, and I would ask you to go back and listen to the show called Bargaining and, and uh, find out more about that. But So we know that the first four stages are denial, anger, sorrow, and bargaining. We're going to talk about acceptance right after the break. Stay tuned. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just 
I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit aiht.edu all my love what can you tell me about skills usa skills usa teaches you employability skills so you know how to deal with people you have teamwork your resume is going to look awesome well it's important to know your technical skills but not only that to have soft skills the skills of learning how to communicate with people web at skillsusa.org. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Okay, we're back. Uh, what we were talking about just before the break was the fact that our emotions are important to us and they give us messages and so as we process through acceptance, we, get from, we go from denial to anger to sorrow to bargaining, and finally we reach acceptance. So what is acceptance? Acceptance is not a state of uh, bland, uh, settling into a dull routine that we don't like. Acceptance is not waving a white flag and say, okay, okay, I, I, I'm going to stop trying and, and, and just give in. Acceptance is not some form of, um, of uh, retreat in which we go backwards and say, oh, well, that's the way it is. Um, and acceptance is not some kind of self-righteous forgiveness where we say, oh, I forgive uh, somebody for, 
for hurting me in the past, even though I don't really mean it, even though I'm still angry, even though I'm still resentful, even though I'm still bargaining with this reality. Um, Acceptance is that state in which we say, here's my life, this is what I've created. I don't know if I'm going to create anything different yet. I'm still thinking about what I want to create. But right now, this is my life, and I'm going to find every gift under every rock that there is to find. Acceptance is that place where we say, my life can be joyful right here, right now, as it is, without me moving a single thing. All right? So what we've assumed is that we can only be joyful if we have X, Y, and Z. And that, that I'm afraid, has sort of gotten into the law of attraction thinking, although that was not what it was intended to do. That thinking that says, if I only have those things that I want, then I will be happy. That's a bargain. If, then. If I have the things I want, then I can be happy. And what that's basically saying is I refuse to be happy until I get those things that I want. So so in terms of acceptance, what we say is there is joy to be found right here, right now, as it is in my life every day, and I'm going to go find it. I'm going to find the joy that there is to be found in my life today. Now, one of the, one of the uh, theories that we have about life is that we suffer. Okay, well, some of you would be screaming at me right now saying, well, that's not a theory. I'm suffering right this minute, so don't even talk to me about theories. You're right. You're suffering. The truth is that uh, our suffering is relative to, in part, to our inability to find joy in the moment. This is something that Viktor Frankl discovered. Uh, if you read, I would encourage you to read all of his books. Uh, when he was uh, in the concentration camp and he was able to see the raindrops, the blade of grass, the bird, the whatever, that said to him, oh, this is a beautiful experience I'm having right here, right now. Now, he was in a concentration camp when he had that experience. And what I'm not saying is that we should all just settle for our concentration camps. What I am saying is that if he can find joy there, we can find joy in our everyday experiences. We do have to begin to look for it. And it's not an external job. It's not an outside deal. It's not about what we have. It's not about um, who we are in relationship with. It's not about those things. It's about whether or not we're willing to see into what is there to find out what it really is. And now we get down to reality. What is reality? You know, uh, in the book, in the uh, Course in Miracles, we learn that reality, our, what we think of as reality in our external world, the buildings, the police departments, the violence, the news, the whatever, whatever, all of that is an illusion that we have all created uh, together, collective illusion that we have created um, that has to do with our sense of ourselves, that, that means that we don't see ourselves as the gods we are as the powerful beings that we are. And so we have created this illusion collectively. Well, the word illusion is a little bit bothersome there because it makes us tend to believe, oh, well, I don't need to pay attention to that at all because it's just an illusion. That's not really true. We could look at, again, a really difficult situation like being involved with an abusive spouse and say, 
um, that's just an illusion I've made up. I don't really have to deal with that. Well, what's going to happen with that is we're going to get hit again, <laughs> okay? So we need to be able to look at our lives and go, okay, this is the reality I've created. It's not just illusion. Well, maybe I have created it out of my sense of myself that isn't necessarily who I really am. But nonetheless, I have to treat it like it's a reality or I'm not going to be able to change it. That is acceptance. So, uh, you know, we, we get confused when we start talking about New Age, New Thought, when it, when it comes to this idea that the external world is illusion. I would offer a different word for that. And the, next, the external world is the world we've created. Period. Let's let's remove the word illusion from the word illusion from it, because when we put that word in there, it tends to make us think, well, that's just all in our heads. We don't have to think about that anymore. We do have to think about that, and it is in thinking about that that we are first able to find joy um, in it, and we are able to change it. So, finding joy in it, what is that like? What? How do we find joy in in our certain particular circumstances? Well, I can say to you that right now I'm sitting in my office that I have created. Okay, let's, this is literally a space I have created. I've put all the furniture in here. I've put all the decoration on the walls. I've got my book collection, and I've got these two big windows that I look out on to a, a part of my city that I like. I'm looking at the top of a temple. It is very beautiful. I'm looking at some trees that are blooming in springtime here, and the trees are blooming in their uh, different colors uh, as the blooms come forth. And I can look at that and I can just kind of dull it over and just go, oh, yeah, that's the thing I've seen every day. Or I can look at that and find the sparkle within it. And that sparkle is uh, a spark, literally, of the divine. I can look at it and just really see it. Just really see it. I can smell the smells. I can feel the air on my face. I can look at the, uh, the pictures that I've put on the wall and really see them. And when I do that, I come into a space of relaxation. I come into a space where I'm able to pick up a vibration of joy. That's what I'm talking about, about acceptance. This is the reality I have created thus far. I may not be in this office next year. Um, You know, I don't know what will happen tomorrow. What I do know is this is my reality right now. And if I can just be in it, really be present in it, then it has a gift for me. Because there is a gift in every single thing, every color, every fresh uh, breeze, every leaf on every tree, every butterfly, every you know piece of blue sky, every everything. Every person who looks at us has a gift to offer us. We we can accept that as a part of our reality, and as we do that, we don't settle and say, "Oh well, this is all it's ever going to be," so I might as well just you know deal with it. We, we, we say, this is where I've landed thus far. This is the life I've created thus far, and I can find the joy in it. I can find the peace in it. And as we do that, we are more able to attract a better future because we have relaxed into our present. The more we're fighting against our present-day reality, saying, oh, I can't look at that. I really have to be you know, thinking about my future and creating that in my head the less able we are to attract that future. We get, once we get into a struggle, any struggle, any striving, that means we have ceased to really be able to be present or to have the future we want. 
one of the passages in the Bible, Psalm 46, verse 10, says, Cease striving and know that I am God. I read that sentence this way. Cease striving to know that I am God. In other words, I have to stop striving to know my own power. I have to stop struggling against myself to know who I really am. I am the power of the spark of the divine. I am that. Whatever I've put on top of that, it's just stuff I've put on top of that. And, you know, I can get down to that base and live from that essence. The more I can recognize uh, who I really am. But I don't recognize who I really am by fighting against it, pretending it's not there, telling myself not to feel negative feelings, telling myself to only think positive thoughts. All of that makes me struggle. All of that sets me at war against myself. And any time I square off against me, I lose. So the object of the game here is not to say uh, I need to push away all that's negative in my life and only accept the positive. I need to stop listening to the news because that means I might hear some negative things that might put me in a bad mood and then I won't be able to attract uh, the things that I want. The question, the way to look at that is if I'm listening to the news and I hear something about what's going on in the news that makes me sad or puts me in a quote-unquote bad mood, I need to ask myself that I, about that. I need to ask that mood what it came here to tell me about. The news didn't create that bad news, mood. That mood came up inside me. So external things don't create internal realities. Internal realities create external realities, okay? So we get that backwards when we say, oh, I can't be associated with anything quote-unquote negative because that means that I'm going to get into a bad mood and then I won't be able to attract the future that I want. And what that does is rob us of the gift of our present collective reality. We are all living in a reality. And the news, though it is skewed, I will say that all news is skewed. There is no way to get factual information, period, ever. (laughs) Just forget about getting facts. But recognize that we we are all creating this reality we live in. So if there's a, a plane crash or an earthquake or another tragedy and our heart goes out to the people involved in that, then we can take that as a message. That perhaps we can use that energy even to give that compassion to those people. Um, so many people went to Haiti over the last uh, earthquake that was there. Uh, so many people responded to Katrina. There are ways that we can definitely respond in compassion to the news. But if we say, I won't ever listen to that because it might make me feel negative, what we're doing is shutting off parts of ourselves. And the more we square off against ourselves, the less able we are to attract the truest self, our truest essence, in a manifested form in the physical world. And we're going to talk about that some more in just a few minutes. We'll be right, right back after the break. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. 
When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. Skills USA can help. What is Skills USA? Skills USA is life changing. Skills USA is awesome. Skills USA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. Skills USA is amazing. Skills USA is motivating. Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Okay, we're back talking today about acceptance that is not the white flag and... um, what we're going to talk about now is our interpretations of, of our realities. We've said that, uh, that reality is the, what we've created thus far. It's not necessarily, or at least using the word illusion for reality makes it difficult to know that we can actually do something about it or should do something about it. And uh, we've talked about the different stages of acceptance. So now what I want to talk about is how we interpret our realities because that is everything. Um, you know, so many times I, I, I talk to people in therapy about what it is they think about a certain given reality. What does it mean to them? What, what, how do they see themselves in the light of this uh, uh, particular circumstance they're trying to accept or adjust to? And very often what they say is that it means that I'm not good enough or it means that they don't love me or it means that I'm still unlovable just like I always was 
It means that life is just going to keep kicking me around. It means, etc., etc. Do you see what I'm saying? We interpret the events of our lives to mean something about who we are and about the structure of our lives. And those interpretations make a huge difference in how we feel about uh, what we're trying to accept. And so in the process of going through anger and sorrow uh, and bargaining, we, we will probably find ourselves encountering our own interpretations of specific events. Um, I knew somebody who had a, a terrible automobile accident at one point in his life, and uh, he was severely hurt, had a head injury, was able to uh, overcome that, but um, during the time that he was going through that adjustment process, one of the things that he repeatedly said to himself, his self-talk, was, this means I'm never going to be able to have what I want. What he wanted was to be a model, and he was afraid that the damage to his face and the structure of his head was going to make a huge difference in that. Now, what what that meant was he was deciding on his future based on how he felt about the given event. He was saying, I'll never be able to have because this is how people are going to interpret what's gone on in my life. They're going to look at me and they're going to see me a certain way and therefore I'm not going to be able to have what I want. So what he was doing was basically deciding on his life based on this event and how he thought people would interpret it. It turns out that he did become a model not only a model, but a very wise person who was able to give other people many gifts because of his trauma. So, uh, he, he, But during that time, he was really interpreting life based upon those rea- those, the, how he saw what might happen. None of what he thought was reality, um, and it did not come true. And that's another thing about the law of attraction. We do often misinterpret things, and we do often um, tell ourselves, this, this is what my future is going to hold because of that, but it doesn't actually happen. So why not? Why didn't we attract that particular reality? Well, we didn't because uh, that wasn't our reality. The reality wasn't that interpretation. It was just an interpretation. So, so our interpretations make a huge difference in how we feel, and we will, we will end up uh, having to face some of our interpretations and rethink them as we process through denial, sorrow, anger, uh, bargaining, and finally arrive at acceptance. And if we arrive at acceptance, it'll be because we've done away with interpreting. We have leaned into the mystery and said, I don't necessarily have to understand this. I just need to be present with it. And that is one of the hardest things for us in this Western culture to do, is be present with something we don't quite yet understand. We think we have to be able to mentally hold on to something before we can spiritually hold on to it, and that is just not true. We can lean into the mystery, be present with the circumstance in our lives without trying to understand it. And that means accepting our feelings about that circumstance, but it also means looking into our feelings to find out if some of the cause for those feelings might be a misinterpretation of the events. If we can stop trying to interpret and create meaning where there might not be any, then we will find maybe a deeper meaning, which would be the joy and peace we can find even in our most difficult circumstances. We absolutely can find joy and peace even in our most difficult circumstances. Even in the dark nights of the soul, there is a silence we can find that grants us a modicum of peace. 
so if, if we can recognize that, we can begin to stop interpreting and, and just let it be. Just let it be. Okay, so now I want to talk about one other thing. Um, it is said that Reinhold Niebuhr wrote the uh, Serenity Prayer. We don't know really who wrote it, but it's said that he wrote it. The prayer goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that prayer is used at the end of every Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, Narcotics Anonymous meeting, all kinds of anonymous meetings all over the world. Um, And the interesting thing about this prayer to me is that the author did not pray for the acceptance to get to serenity. He prayed for the serenity to get to acceptance. That is huge to me. Uh, we, we, in order for us to allow ourselves to go through the process that becomes ultimately acceptance, we have to sort of let go of some idea that we shouldn't have to have a process. It is a form of serenity to just kind of go, okay, this is the process I'm in. Not necessarily easy, but here I am in it. So let me see what gifts are here. Um, what we are looking for so much in our Western culture is something easy. So many times when I'm talking to people and we talk about these, these things that we're, you and I are talking about today, they say, well, that's easier said than done, or that's hard, as if the fact that it's hard means that we shouldn't have to do it. Well, here we are in life on planet Earth. This is the life that came from the, the, the choices we've all made. We have created these things that we have right now. And so here we are. We can say, oh, I shouldn't have to deal with this because it's just hard. Or we can say, okay, this might be hard, but it's worth it because I will find acceptance through it and I will find joy and peace in it. That is the process. So that's our topic for today. Next week, we're going to be talking to Michael Murdad about waking up. Tune in for that. You don't want to miss Michael. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.